Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be discussing the 2010 film, The Social Network. This will contain spoilers. Okay, so uh, this film is about, as the title suggests, a social network, notably Facebook. And it's kind of the story um, behind its creation and the betrayals and, you know, enemies he makes along the way. I think, I think does it say you can't make 500 million friends without making a few enemies along the way? I think that's the tagline. Yeah. Uh, and it's basically that. So it just follows him into college where um, he sets up this network, which you could argue he stole the idea from some guys that wanted to make a Harvard-only dating site, I think. Hmm. Um, and it's just about their expansion. And uh, his poor friend, Eduardo, seems to get all the bad things given to him after funding the company and stuff. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the basic idea. Yeah. Just to confirm, it's, it's Mark Zuckerberg we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just, I, I know it seems obvious, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Um, speaking oh, of him, I guess, before we get into the, de- the details of like our review, um, we'll just like gloss over what... Um, the man himself thought of the film, which is basically like a sort of biography of him. Um, <laughs> he says that his feelings were hurt by it and that the film had made up stuff that Poor was guy. hurtful. One like yeah. equals one prayer. Mark <laughs> Zuckerberg, yeah. please. I mean, uh, I think it's fair. I saw another author who had written a, a biography about the creation of Facebook said that it was about 40% true, uh, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, you always expect that um, it was David Kirkpatrick that said that. You always expect that, you know, biopics and things, they're going to kind of embellish the truth. The, I, I knew going into it, it wasn't going to be 100% solid, especially because uh, it's based on a book by Ben Mesrick. Uh, he he wasn't involved in any of the events, but he's he's written uh, a few books before, kind of biographies of events, like the book that Twenty One is based on that film of about MIT students learning card counting and basically conning out lo- loads of casinos. So basically, his research was he did he had a lot of chats with Eduardo. Uh, I've already forgotten his surname. Basically, the co-founder, whatever his surname uh, is, Eduardo Saverin. Eduardo Saverin. Um, yeah, he he had a lot of com- conversations with him to get stories, and also the court papers from the multiple lawsuits that happen 
throughout the film because, uh, as he says, the, these college kids were all suing each other. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's how he it, got his information. A lot of it definitely is sort of dramatised and exaggerated to obviously make it a lot more entertaining. So I, I definitely don't think that if you're looking for necessarily the most accurate depiction of his life, this might that might be a factor behind why he himself didn't enjoy it as much, uh, which is also probably linked with the fact that it's based on a book with the author not really having any first-hand um, experience with what actually went on, as you say. Yeah. So it's very much sort of coming from a second-hand perspective. Yeah, it is possible it could have gone through like some sort of Chinese whispers variations yeah. or at least from his perspective well not even that i think that they just wanted to produce an interesting story yeah which, oh definitely I think it's fair enough yeah definitely the filmmakers here weren't they weren't trying to present a documentary about zuckerberg and his life and how mm. he created facebook as even the even ben meserick uh i think he does a kind of narrative style in his books so yeah his wasn't exactly a yeah. biography either yeah. So I, I think as long as you go into it knowing that obviously it's not going to be a hundred percent true, then it's fine. One of the main, yeah, I think one of the uh, main criticisms we saw was uh, that sort of it's presented him as a more more like socially awkward than he actually is, and he's yeah has all mm. these like sarcastic digs at people, and it's presented him as like an introvert who. It doesn't necessarily isn't very accurate to how he actually is in real life. Also, I saw that we were saying before the podcast that um, sort of explored more his motives as being uh, influenced by like trying to impress a girl, which I think is prominent a bit at the start and then maybe at the end. But throughout it, we were also saying how you can't necessarily define what does motivate him yeah, it's not I mean, simply outlined me, in the film it was but it, his yeah the character I'm, I'm going to call them characters in this because you know they're obviously dramatized so for me the character was uh his whole thing seemed to be showing up everyone else so yeah. for me his motive was just that he wanted to show he was better than everyone basically yeah because i mean you, you saw it constantly and uh, he did the thing where he went in and made fun of the company by like going in a, in a dressing gown and saying that Sean Parker hates you or something. I can't remember. Yeah. At the same time, he's also got this jealousy for his best friend who's in like this elitist club at Harvard. And that also is sort of an underpinning motive in a lot of it, which he's he himself is denying, but there's also subtle hints that maybe uh, he sort of tried to set him up with the whole animal abuse scandal and things like that because he was jealous himself. Yeah. Mm. I think the characters, well, because that's what they are in this film, um, one criticism I'd have is that they seem to, like, I haven't done enough research to know how exactly how... um, true it is to the the story of what genuinely happened 
but um here they seem to all like take a sort of archetype and fall into some sort of tropes i guess like for example um the big ones like sean parker being like um the third guy that comes in and then shows the protagonist that um there's all of this stuff you can do and you'll be so successful um really he's a bit of um an asshole but um and this like alienates the the protagonist's friend um who's really the good guy and the protagonist becomes a bit like self-centered and uh i felt like this even though it's sort of meant to be based on something that really happens it's sort of um kind of like retold a story that's been told before a lot um and i guess to make it more entertaining like this they've boxed the characters into um sort of stereotypes and like mark zuckerberg being like uh this like really socially awkward uh quiet person who's like arrogant um and yeah yeah as you said um it's uh it's inferred that he's quite like underhand and a bit like devious as well with um yeah the animal abuse i wouldn't say the characters were stereotypes though i don't know they they seem to be different because obviously while mark zuckerberg was portrayed as a snarky like insecure nerd you could also tell that he was hurt by eduardo suing him and also uh he was upset when sean parker had he said he was too hard on eduardo when they told him that his uh, 34.4% share had dropped to 0.03%. Yeah, so, well, uh, my point is also... mainly about Sean Parker, to be honest. He just yeah. seems very one-dimensional and doesn't seem to have uh, much substance apart from being like the successful guy who's going to catapult Facebook to this international fame. Yeah, I think he definitely does sort of act like as a caricature because his... Uh, Zuckerberg's also almost trying to he almost tries to imitate what he's done but then it's sort of this desire for success corrupts him in a way um, but apart from him even though at times Mark Zuckerberg wasn't presented in the best way I, I don't think he was ever sort of I don't ever think there was really a point where I unlike I didn't like I disliked him a lot just because I don't know if it's just because he was sort of young and you're able, at least for me, to relate with him a bit more because he's sort of um, been able to get this successful at such a young age and all. it's all through his own, well, not necessarily his own idea, but his own hard work and dedication that's got him this far. Yeah. Um, but I, I would def- definitely agree that uh, Sean Parker was... Or of like a stereotype than natural character as such. Mm. Yeah. What did you think of uh, Justin Timberlake's performance as Sean Parker? I thought it was good. Um, it wasn't outstanding, but um, he was believable. Um, and I think I think that well, yeah, I, I, sort of one dimensionalness was by the writing, so he just kind of filled that up. Yeah. I was quite surprised because I mean, obviously, 
Justin Timberlake and you had like when a singer goes in to do acting, you like, you know, <laughs> is this really what they should be doing? But uh, no, I thought he was actually pretty good with his performance and managed to do well, kind of starting off as, even though it's kind of predictable, you know, that oh, he's the nice party guy and he's really cool to kind of backstabbing Eduardo and stuff. So yeah, I, I think yeah. he played it well. It's got a decently like high caliber cast, but like, obviously Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg sort of gone on to be known for other things since this. But um, mm-hmm. I do definitely. He wasn't sort of cringeworthy or anything. I think he was definitely believable. Yeah, this yeah. is a Justin Timberlake. And Jesse Eisenberg was like was really good, I think, but not if if you if you were saying how well does he imitate Zuckerberg, not very well at all. Yeah. <laughs> but as as the person he was portraying, I thought he was like really good. Uh yeah. and it, it was a really good performance. He seemed like more of like but, a I don't you know, know, like an socially awkward autistic person than like a lizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had, he had sort of a lot of nuanced uh, behavior that it definitely build on a sense of, uh, well, as you say, like an autistic character. But you know, like just sort of little things like um, when it's like, oh, you gave him one thousand pounds, and then another 18,000 so that's 19,000 and he's like oh let me just check the maths on that oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. that off yeah he was very quick he was very quick witted and very sarcastic which might not have been the most accurate to the actual Mark Zuckerberg but as a character it made him a bit more relatable I think or like not sorry not relatable but like likable like I think yeah, yeah, I kept flipping between like, oh, you know, you want this to succeed, like the face smashing at the start is just kind of like a few friends, even though they are being a bit uh, horrible. But <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't you don't think that they're that bad, and then you flip to oh, he's betrayed Eduardo, who is supposed to be the likable one. So then you get upset at him for that, but he, you know, he it does well as kind of. He's not always just evil. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I think Sean Parker's definitely the evil one. I think Mark Zuckerberg just, like, loses his way a bit. Um, I don't know. I feel like part of him is, like, well, he's definitely manipulated by Sean Parker and, um, and that, but I guess, to be fair, he was also... Like before Sean became involved, there was obviously tension between Zuckerberg and um Eduardo. Um, mainly about like the advertisements. Like Zuckerberg was um his point was Facebook is cool, Facebook um doesn't need ads because they're not cool. It's gonna make it less appealing mm. to people in universities. Um and Eduardo was trying to make it a profitable business. Um uh, you could see both of like that. That's not necessarily either way. Um, one's good, one's bad. You could see the merits of both, and 
it, you can you you only really sort of end up rooting for Eduardo really because of how like badly he's been treated. I think. Yeah. I don't, he's he's kind of shown to be an endearing character. I think Andrew Garfield as well as making you feel empathy for him and you, yeah. you feel you know you you root for him the whole time and obviously the script helps that but i think andrew garfield's performance also helped you you know like him hmm. what did you think of the presentation of the twins because i thought that the as the film sort of went on they started to play not a minimal role and i also saw in one of the articles that we highlighted that um, it sort of just it just sort of um, emphasizes the sort of physical prowess and you know that scene where he just breaks the handle of the door. Yeah, Not, just sort of one-dimensional, and to say that they did actually have quite a, a key role, at least at the start of the film, and then the actual events that happened as well. Hmm. So are you saying that they're like more one-dimensional and don't really have much substance, even though they play yeah. a big role? Well, I think the characters that don't need to be fully fleshed out, though, aren't if you know what I mean. So you, it's more of a study of Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo, in my opinion. Yeah. But I, yeah. I don't know. So I think they're explored pretty well. Maybe not as deep a character study as you wanted, but. You know, it's pretty good. Just a little thing that kind um, of got to me about the twins, I guess, was like, it it might not bother some people, but they all they seem to be like, you know, in like Disney movies where you'd have twins or something, and they'd literally just be the same person. They'd like yeah. finish each other's yeah. sentences and think exactly the same. Like, they didn't fall on like finish each other's sentences, but they seem to be like that here. Um. Like they seem to be just exactly the same person, apart from like the only yeah. differentiation was like one of them wanted to be like wanted to sue Mark Zuckerberg and make it a big story that's him uh he'd essentially stolen the idea for Facebook or the Facebook as it was known. Um mm. and the other one was just more laid back and like, no, we shouldn't do this. But especially in the meeting they had with like, I don't know, the head of Harvard. The I can't remember what his position was, but in that they just seemed to be like absolutely identical, and that yeah. was a little bit Wait. irritating. I'm just trying to figure out the casting here. Um, oh no! Because there's one it's person is listed as both twins, and then there's another person listed as a different twin. <laughs> Uh, and I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> what if it was the same person? Uh, okay, I definitely recognise that guy, Josh Pence. What? So Josh, I think I think it was just one guy duplicated. Like, well, that will support your what? point, Ben. <laughs> yeah. How does this? <laughs> uh, yeah, but what I, I'm they... going to look this up. Talk about something else. I'll look it up. <laughs> Um, okay, sounds well, really cast... cool. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, no, wait, go on. If you've got something about the cast, we'll get oh, soundtrack later. No, it's just literally, there's like five people in a row who are all credited as um, student playing face match. And they're like <laughs> pretty early on as well. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I found out what it what it was. So, um, Army Hammer plays both the twins, but Josh Pence was the body double for Tyler Winklevoss, and then he superimposed Army Hammer's face. So there we go. Oh, so were they That's... meant to be identical then? Is that what? Is that why they? Did you not tell that they were identical? I th- one of them had sticky up hair. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought they were just meant Sorry. to be like really. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> the uh, excruciatingly close boat race. Oh, yeah. That was pretty close. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you noticed, but it was a very close, close race. Usually close. Never seen a race that close. Usually, one and a half mile boat races end with at least one or two boat lengths in between them, but that was brutally close. <laughs> That's so close. Prince Albert just scene. bullying yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> a very strange scene. Yeah, that well, scene was really uh, weird. It was like, it didn't really play into the story. It just seemed kind no, of it surreal. Because it motivated them to get more angry at, um, at Facebook. Yeah, but like, it was, like, it was weird. Really it My was girl just weird. about it on Facebook in, in England. And then you know, also, um, like, the whole scene was like shot and what... had like, um, the lens so it like looked really miniature, like it blurred the top and the bottom, so it looked like everything was really small for some reason. I don't yeah. know if you picked up on that. That was just weird. Like, did you think on on the cinematography, or or generally just kind of filmmaking? Did you think it peaked at the montage near the Starks? I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Yeah, where he's coding for face mash. I was like, this. this cinematography and editing and this is is really good but then it kind yeah. of peters off for me i don't know i i wasn't paying attention too much but i think most of the conversations and stuff were shot reverse shot yeah Ooh. yeah because a lot of well also at the start i quite liked when there was like the concurrent um like court cases sort of things going on and yeah. he was sort of flitting between them and he wasn't really focused on either of them but I, I do agree that as it went along, I don't know if it's just, as you say, not paying much attention to it or if it did drop off a bit. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely very good at the start. Um, I would just... If it didn't pick... If it didn't, like, uh, decrease in quality, it certainly just, like, didn't do anything that stood out. Like, it was very safe, I guess. Apart from that one yeah. like boat race scene where it had the weird miniature effect, which was, I don't understand the point of that. Also, that boat race scene, it. it's it's quite a good transition to the soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, gonna do, say. Do, 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 do. yeah the soundtrack the, was uh, yeah the soundtrack also peaked at that montage. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> it's like, it's still, it, like it was, a, was it original? You think it's the guys from Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, uh, I think this film, like, because um, Trent, Res- Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they've, like, um, done, like, quite a few soundtracks now. Um, but I think this was, like, the film that, like, got them known for it. Um, I think mm. they had, like, the film was, like, nominated for Best Soundtrack or something. Um, it was, it was, it was very good. It was, um, like, a sort of mix of, like, Ambience electronica with like some 
uh, like drum patterns and stuff. And then in that boat race scene, it was like a sort of arrangement of in the hall of the mountain king, I think. Um, but with like uh, synths and it's, it's, stuff. It's, it was famous on that. It might be that I can't remember. Yeah, how you go. <laughs> informally known as the Alton Towers music. Alton Towers music. Oh no! Oh no! What is it played all over? I was just on the out of it. Oh, let me see. I'm listening to Hold the Mountain King now. Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's definitely that. Yeah, pretty groovy. Yeah, they've they've done quite a few things. They did Bird Box. Some it's kind of odd. Um, yeah, there's not really much you can say apart from it. It was good. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sound. Um, and then sorry, also, you so don't like my full attention. <laughs> and then also, like Call to me. be fair, that's more the score. Also, like the the songs they used. Like I didn't recognize any of yeah. them, but they were they were they were good. They. Seem to fit. Wait, did I? I think I did. I recognise them. Let me see. Well, that, uh, that, that we, what did you think of the, blah, blah, blah. the? The script was really good, though. Oh, I did recognise it. Had, yeah. It had um, a white stripes song on. Yeah. So, yeah, I recognised that. Oh, um, you did so, love, love. Oh, and yeah, that at the end, obviously. No, it was "Baby, You're a Rich Man," silly. Oh. Darn it. I'm so stupid. <laughs> You're stupid. I'm a fool. Um, what, what was that? The, the script was really good. Baby, a lot of witty yeah. dialogue and things. Yeah. So yeah, that was... The dialogue definitely was definitely a highlight. Good. Especially, like, Zuckerberg's um, sarcastic interactions. Mm. They were, the, they were definitely have... a highlight. It has a 95 meta score, which is pretty high. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's, I'm going to say, I think it's too high. Yeah, I definitely yeah. say that's too high. No. Because I enjoyed it, but it's not necessarily the most memorable. Yeah, it was, such, it's, it's entertaining, say. but like, it didn't, like, I don't know, in a year's it didn't, like, time, change I'm not film remember. or anything. Yeah. It didn't, also, it didn't really do anything unique because there's that sort of biopic has been like done quite a few times, like before and since as well. Um, mm. That's not. It's not bad. It's just it's not really very unique and not very memorable because of that. Yeah, as we said, because it's not like a fully accurate exploration, then it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily work, obviously, as like a true biography of his life, but then it works more as a piece of entertainment. Yeah. But definitely not a 95, I would say, because, it, it, as I said, it, it's not necessarily the most memorable. It didn't really change anything. It doesn't really have much of a message as such, but I, I did enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah, it, I, it's definitely one that's enjoyable. It's kind of 
No, it's not the opposite of stalk. No, never mind. Um, it's it's enjoyable. I don't know if it, and it's not exactly telling an important story because half of it is fictitious. Uh, it's just it just feels like solid filmmaking. Highlights are the script and probably Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield's performances. Um, I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking. Uh, probably no. slightly of the hyped. I don't know. I think people just went in because it sounds like people were worried and were like, "Oh no, it's the Facebook movie." And maybe that kind yeah. of <laughs> made everyone that was like, "Oh wow, it's actually good. This is amazing." But yeah, I think mm. I, I feel think... like I've said this a lot, but I don't think I've actually said it on there. But according to WatchMojo.com, this is the best film of the decade. Wow. And impressive. I think it lives up to that. How the hell? What? But the problem is that you <laughs> I need to see Parasite just to ensure it's wrong. How is this the film of the decade? Like I'm not surprised yeah. that it's Watch Mojo, but <laughs> Yeah. What what films uh, I, I always struggle to think of what good films have come out this decade. Yeah, yeah, like well, I guess... a little section. Oh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. That came out this decade. I'm saying that's better. I mean, Joker, I guess. Joker was good. Joke, like you could argue whether it's the best film of the decade or not, but it's definitely better than this. Yeah, Um, don't say this like it was bad. It's not bad. It's it's a a, like a really good film. It's a really good (laughs) film. It's just not like best of the decade level. That's, That's all we're saying. I have a list here of the top 30 films of the decade. Are they all okay. the social so, network? We have, are, are any of them in the yeah. films? Well, I haven't. I'm just going to go through. So we've got Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that was really good. Into the Spider-Verse. That kind of changed yeah, animation Spider-Man. a bit, right? So that's yeah. that's slightly important. Oh, Whiplash. Got Boyhood, which I haven't seen. I've not seen that. Neither. That took twelve years to make. I know that. Yeah, Get Out, which I also haven't seen. I need to see uh, that. Ladybird, the favorite. Black Panther. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Black Panther is a solid twelve out of ten. <laughs> Ex Machina, The Master. I haven't even heard of that. Her Moonlight. Oh, I need to see her. Oh, there's the Social Network. Oh. It's at 13, but I don't think they're in, it's in order. Drive, The Shape of Water, Dirty War, Inception, oh, yeah, Birdman. Inception. Birdman's yeah. really good, by Spotlight. the way. I've seen Birdman. Toy Story 3. Oh, yeah, best movie ever. <laughs> uh, Sorry, it is good. I just wasn't expecting it. Yeah. I just forgot about oh, it. Oh, what were we doing in the shadows? <gasps> Was that this? Yeah. Maybe. That's good. Wait, the Wolf of Wall Street was this decade. Years a slave. That's probably yeah, important. Like this list has Arrival. I don't know this is necessarily the best list. Do you remember Arrival? Have you seen Arrival? Uh, no, I don't think no. so. Arrival is definitely. Wait, let me think. Arrival is probably the top sci-fi film of the decade. Um. It, okay, this. I'm just going to leap straight into telling you to watch Arrival now. Uh, Arrival is about this alien life that comes to Earth 
and they communicate in a language with like circular symbols and then it's basically about people trying to interpret the language and learn how to speak it but in doing so kind of change their perception of time it's really good it's really good watch arrival if you can yeah oh i probably will and then the, the list also has hunt for the world of people force awakens and the last Jed. no i'm joking <laughs> the woman and sorry yeah rise of skywalker yeah <laughs> scott pilgrim yeah. was this decade just anyway uh should we wrap up our review yeah there's not really or much else do you want to say. Or is there anything more to talk about well unless all this about cinematography uh, uh editing was really good with that montage and then i didn't really notice it later uh talked about Active. Yeah, that's probably we've probably talked about everything. Yeah. Well, oh, we've not talked about pacing. Did you think the pacing was good? Yeah, I did. Um, so the film's like pretty much a solid two hours, like right on. Um, yeah. And mm. I didn't think it felt like that. Like, I guess the comparison we could do is like Stalker's two and a half hours. Um, but this didn't feel like two hours. This went felt like it went pretty didn't quickly. Drag at all. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it was good. I mean, obviously, obviously, Stalker had those long shots that didn't help, but it's, mm. it, I was always engaged, that's for sure. And I don't know if that's just sort of the nature that the film was very different because it was like, you know, yeah. it was sort of a depiction of college life in a way, at least at the start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the pacing was pretty, pretty good. And I forgot that I really liked the the opening scene as well, which is his conversation with his girlfriends, which kind of instantly establishes oh, his yeah. character without oh, having to do loads of exposition. Yeah, definitely. Oh, oh <laughs> he's breaking out his day level English. <laughs> I mean, it was Jesus the English, but we're not gonna. Yeah, <laughs> we'll watch it. I yeah. mean, it's not exactly action either, but sure <laughs> yeah but it was it was good it established like his character um and like the girlfriend saying that well you, you're gonna think that girls don't like you because you're a nerd when in reality it's because you're an asshole like that was yeah. that yeah. was pretty good to like establish the character oh actually one last thing um some of the like the dialogue there were quite a few like really good lines like one that really stuck out was like um when he was meant to be apologizing to the girlfriend um she says that like once the the internet isn't written in pencil it's written in ink or something yeah trying to like, she <laughs> she <laughs> didn't hold back then she yeah. was just like full on ripping into him she probably rehearsed yeah. it in the mirror <laughs> yeah, because he 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 blogged he he blogged a mean blog about her when he was drunk and then broke up. Yeah. <laughs> While he was writing the face mask code. Yeah, yeah, as you do. Yeah. Another well, I guess this is sort of like the top, the best of the decade. But do you think that what um sort of depictions of someone's life? Do you think there are that the the person actually does like that's obviously still alive? Because I know this isn't necessarily the same, but obviously Stan, uh, no Stephen King, wasn't really a fan of Stanley Kubrick's presentation of 
The Shining. Yeah. I wonder if, and obviously Mark Zuckerberg has gone out saying that he didn't enjoy this and didn't he say it sort of, he tries to not think of it very much. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if there are any films there. Oh, I guess... That's a, what I said. I guess a comparison... Oh, you I thought could... he tries not to. Oh. <laughs> I guess a comparison you oh, could make is... Um, well, you said it's still alive, which might not work. Um, but Stephen Hawking and Theory of Everything. I think Stephen Hawking yeah. himself quite liked it. Like, I can't remember the, exactly what he said, but I think the vibe I got was... Um, he... Like... <laughs> he um he knew it was embellished he he saw it was embellished but like still enjoyed it and i think i think the quote was something well he like, wants it to be quite nice <laughs> yeah i think with a quote was like eddie redmayne was like a more handsome version of himself or it might have been the it might have been the other way around actually it might have been he was more handsome than eddie redmayne <laughs> it was one of the two what, what, are you asking yeah. about adaptations of real people that they different. actually enjoyed is yeah. That, uh, Alan Turing's not really around to give his opinion on the imitation game, is he? Oh, that's a shame. I've also seen on Netflix as a Steve Jobs film. Oh, I yeah. Out, I but... can't remember if that's supposed to be good. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I just can't be bothered because it was obviously made after the social network to, as a response to it, so I can't be bothered. <laughs> also, the disaster oh, that's ninety nine point nine percent accurate. What, the disaster artist. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't the, it based on the book by um, the actor of, of Mark? <laughs> I don't know his name. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott. New. <laughs> uh, right. Oh no, the book Greg Sestero. Probably, I think that's his name. No, that's Mark. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Greg Sestero. Yeah. So that should be. So I wonder accurate. if. Yeah. It's just weird to think. Imagine having a film made about you that wasn't. You know, it's sort of like someone else is a different actor. It's it's you. It's not like a bio. It's not a um documentary or anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's whole there's loads of things that people like meeting. The people that they're going to play in movies, and I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's supposed to be quite weird. So, Hello. Uh, like, what was it? There's a smaller Netflix one called A Futile and Stupid Gesture, which was, is about the creator of the National Lampoon. I, th- I think he might have died, but there are a lot of other people in that that were, were real people, like Chevy Chase, uh, who was portrayed by Joel McHale, who actually worked with Chevy Chase on Community. So, you know, people have talked about it before, and I'm pretty sure it can be quite weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I assume for both people involved. Yeah. Now I'm just thinking about it. I think, like, I think Elton John enjoyed Rocket Man. If that's that's another oh, comparison. Yeah. That's like, isn't that almost fantasy though? I've not seen it. I've heard it's there's um, a lot of like weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd go fantasy. Visual stuff. It's like... Have you seen it? Yeah, it's like a bit surreal at times, but not no, not fantasy. It was It's definitely... It like... is... Yeah, because a lot of people say don't go in thinking it's a, 
biography. Yeah, um, it's probably it's probably more embellished, maybe even more so than this film. I don't know. Yeah, but I think we did a pretty good job in uh, spend spending forty minutes talking about that scene as we were sort of running out of things to say about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, which is so good. Mm. Well, let's just wrap it up then. What, what, what were your impressions and give a rating right now? Right now, okay. I I would say it it was well made. Unfortunately for me, the actual filmmaking peaked at that montage, but uh, it was a really good montage though. So you know, it's not a bad thing. Uh, By the way, this the, montage is how how far in would you say it is? It's like maybe about ten minutes, 10 minutes into that. the film or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously the first scene was good, so I mean, I, I did enjoy it. The pacing was good, writing was good. Blah, blah, blah. Probably, oh, I don't, I can't remember what I gave everything else. So I, I need a comparison to everything else. <laughs> Goodness sake! I want to say seven point <laughs> five, but <laughs> is that too hard? <laughs> I was thinking seven point five as well. All right, I'll stick. I'll stick I can with see that. why. I can see why people enjoy it a lot, but I don't. As we were saying, it doesn't really. It's not the most memorable film, but it, it does do a good job in what it was meant to do, and it's entertaining. Oof, I mm. feel really mean now. I was going to give it a six point five, but <laughs> like, yeah, it was enjoyable, <laughs> but um, it just. It just like it wasn't memorable. I don't. I didn't feel too invested in it, um, and yeah, just stuff I've said earlier on. I'm too tired to think. You get a bit tight. Yeah, I think seven point five is fine. What other things have I rated six point five? I feel like. Okay, heavy metal okay, heavy is 6.5, I think. Okay, it's better than heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal is 6.5. So I'm going to go 6.7, 6.75, maybe. Oh, throwing out two decimal yeah. places now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that gives him. He's done the same thing as he did last week. What did I do last week? Last week we both both gave really high and then he gave <laughs> yeah. he brought the average down. Oh, <laughs> nice. So, what what are you giving it? It's, uh, six point seven five. Why do you have to be so? <laughs> seven five divided by three. It's seven point two five. Seven point two five on average. Yeah. This is just our opinion, yeah, so go fair, away but... if you think it's the best film ever made. Don't get your knickers in a twist. Yeah. But make sure to subscribe. <laughs> We've been on nine <laughs> subscribers for three months. Please. We were gaining subscribers on podcast platforms. Yeah, we'll... Yeah, but we were gaining more real subs- audio junkies. Very slowly, We were but gaining like... subscribers at a faster rate when we didn't even bring out any epic... Do you want to know something? Um, our listening rate was, in 2018 was incredibly high and it's sort of dropped and has never come back. So um, I might actually put a picture of this on like Instagram and stuff just for the laughs because like um, in 
April April 2018, uh, Dirk gently got 15 pl- players. Um, in fact, no, I'm going to get the actual peak. Dirk gently got uh, 21 players. Black Panther got 21 players. Blade Runner got 20 players. Um, and all other episodes got 19 players. But then it sort of just dropped down in like May 2018. And like the highest we've got since is like um, Birdemic getting nine plays, Heavy Metal getting nine plays, Quiet Place getting six plays, and other episodes getting six plays. So like yeah. we're struggling to reach half we'd... of our peak initially. Maybe if we'd carried on and never taken the right, yeah, we'd never I think be it's on like the yeah, like it's after we'd stop posting episodes, it just drops. If we'd carried the momentum on, we'd be famous by now. We'd have a Spotify deal. Obviously. I wonder if it's also like. Yeah, but the, if more... the thing is, it, it's so much more professional now than when we retreated it. It's a shame. Yeah, we'll just have to go back to imitating high voices and. <laughs> insane things we don't know anything that, that's about. What, that's what caused up all the views, yes. Yeah. I wonder if it's also like there's more people on podcasts listening to podcasts now or something. So there's more competition. I don't know. Yeah. We still got 80% of oh, our wow. listeners from the US though. I don't know if that's counting the older stuff. Wow. Only got 10%. It's because of Crow Buntry. Thanks, Crow Buntry. Oh, we love Crow Buntry. <laughs> Speaking of which, that we is do, a good too. segue to the submission spotlight <laughs> section. This week we are reviewing nothing because we didn't get any submissions <laughs> no we we have we still got we, like, well, nice to, novel okay, we've not okay. read. to be fair right we have one novel but um we haven't had the chance to read it yet so we're hoping we to have will it read get around to it i promise it's so maladike probably... i think is pronounced i don't know how you pronounce it okay um, so next so next week everyone go read that and we can talk about it together yeah yeah. So ne- next week oh, we're not going to be live. promotion if we're not going to. Yeah, next week we're not going to be live because, um, like, Ollie won't be here and stuff. Um, Ollie's on a business venture. Yeah, so we'll be re- <laughs> we'll be recording the episode like in a, in the next few days and we'll just premiere it. So there's no chance we're going to have it ready for next week, um, but probably yeah. the week after that. So what's that? Well, I guess it's longer for the week after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. But anyway, so if you are a creator and you have music or short films or we said like art, poetry, any form of entertainment, send, send it in because we'd love to review you on our submission spotlight section. Yes. Um, yeah. If we actually, if we get around to doing it. <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, if you if you're a novelist, um if you're a writer, you've got a, got a novel, please do send it in. We will get around to doing it. Um maybe not straight away, but we will we will do it. Um also, also if you have any recommendations for films that we should or TV shows that we should do um for the main section, like next week we we've got a a viewer recommendation. Um, but after that, we're just filling in the schedule ourselves. So if you've got something you'd like mm. us to give a review on, then 
by all means contact us maybe don't recommend like Game of Thrones or and the Walking not, not, Dead, you know, with like those like eleven seasons. Or, yeah, at least not really yeah. long TV shows. Yeah, unless like, you've already seen it. Like mini series <laughs> yeah. are probably best, but like, yeah, or, or just like, like a film, like last week or next week, or the weeks. We'll have to wait week. and see. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, recommendations then. Who has recommendations? I think Ollie has one. That's good, because I don't. Uh, yeah, um, well, I want to recommend a podcast. Ooh. It, it's, it's not necessarily, I know that Tom recommended like a, an RPG podcast. It's not, it's not necessarily the same as that, but it's more of just sort of like a laid back, like maybe colloquial, uh, informal sort of podcast where they talk about, um, well, similar to us, films, TVs, shows, comic books, uh, which we actually haven't recommended yet. But and oh, no. um, that's another form of entertainment <laughs> that I'm not too familiar with. But and they basic so a lot of it is centered around sort of Star Wars and Marvel and franchises like that. It's called the Weekly Planet, which is sort of like oh, a pun on I've just the been watching Planet. the. YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so Mr. basically it's hosted by Mr. Sunday Movies and someone called Nick Mason. I've been watching Mr. Sunday Movies a couple of years. And yeah, he's a really Nick good... Mason from Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah. not the drummer from Pink no, Floyd. No. He's a really good um, YouTuber. He does... He uploads three times a week. Um, obviously, there's not that much content now. He used to sort of do like trailer breakdowns and to do with upcoming films or films that have been released but he also does a series which he does every week called caravan of garbage yeah where I've been watching. he yeah he, it's, it's not necessarily terrible things or terrible films or shows or whatever it's it used to be things to say like when the mandalorian was coming out he'd like um watch a few things to do with Boba Fett or play. he sometimes even plays games or does a, a comic book series. Uh, now he's sort of having to rely on polls on Patreon to do. Um, so like he did a, a few episodes that were um, apocalyptic movies set in 2020. Uh, so, yeah, I guess just... Mr. Sunday Movies and The Weekly Planet. They're just really... He has a, a funny style. They're edited really well as well. And I've been watching all the Terminator this ones. Podcast, yeah. If you, watch, if you like this podcast, then you'll probably like that for more of sort of a laid-back style. And mm. yeah. On that note, good. which is the real Terminator 3? That's that's all the Terminator ones. They just talk about the real Terminator three. Because I didn't know this, but like all the Terminator films after Terminator two, they release it and say Terminator three. So then they'll denounce like the other newer ones and say, "Oh no, that was bad. That wasn't Terminator three. This is Terminator 3 
Oh, so, so, if the, so um, if one fails, it's just like actually no, there was this one. I think yeah, no, I think that is what James Cameron does. What oh, a lad! What? Uh, films obviously, the real Terminator now. Three is T Two Three D, the uh, the stage show that was at Universal. That's obviously the real <laughs> Terminator Three. Yeah, yeah. Terminator um, doppelgangers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> reference. I can't even remember. Scanners. I wonder if anyone gets that reference. What was it? Face. I mean, what are they called? Face scanner. I can't remember. Scanners. Scanners. Okay. I can't remember which episode I recommended it in. Um, no, you'll just have to go back and listen to all of them. Definitely get that joke. Oh, I'm sure Lewis G knows. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've got a recommendation. Um, it's an album from is an artist that this is the only al- like actual album they managed to release before they died because they drowned in a river. It's, oh, nice. it's not exactly a, it's not really a small album, but uh, it's Jeff Buckley's Grace. So it was in the nineties and it was really influential at the time. Like I know Tom York from Radiohead took a lot of stuff from it. Uh, because he went to see a, a concert that he did, and then and then he left halfway through, and Jeff Buckley was really upset, and then he said it was because uh, Jeff Buckley was too good, and he and Tom York was upset that he could never be better. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, he does really well because the songs are kind of written like they're supposed to be solo guitar songs. Like it would work if it was just his guitar and him singing. But he does have a band, and it is really good. So he does load stuff with weird tunings, like open chord tunings, and messes around with shapes like that. So the music's really interesting and uh, good lyrics, and it's just worth listening to. It was quite nineties, but you know, he, he also did like the best cover of Hallelujah ever. That's probably what you'd know him for. Oh yeah, I think I've heard that. So yeah, cool. that's a good album. Yeah. Groovy. And even nice. though he only managed to release one album before he died, uh, <laughs> it kind of milked the money cow, and he has a lot of albums on Spotify. I have no idea how they managed to do it. Like post post like, death stuff, post humor stuff. I mean, there's a lot of tours and then songs that he, he never released, stuff like that. Some of it's probably a bit dodgy, but you know, yeah, just have to deal with it. Fair enough. Um, no, I don't have a recommendation. <laughs> I'm just great. Like, should we wrap up then? Yeah, Are you going on for fifty-five minutes. minutes. Yeah. So, uh, really? thank you for listening. Uh, you can contact us um, if you want to send us a film or TV show that we should react to, or if you want to send in your original work for the submission spotlight. You can contact us via our website which is entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com, which is .weebly.com. It should be in the description. Um, We've updated the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, the whole wow. whole website's had a rehaul. The Hall of Fame's up. Um, so you can see our top-rated movies in for each genre um, and also the worst stuff at the very bottom. Uh, currently mile 22 holding first place for worst movie 
holding second place <laughs> you can follow us on twitter and instagram which is at yovi podcast where we post clips and interact a little bit um and most of all if you like us give us a review or leave a comment or contact us and say how good we're doing if we're doing terribly do the exact same because we want reviews uh we're still relatively new and want to get better so yeah. um reviews would mean a lot thank you in advance for doing it uh yeah so thanks for listening see you next week even though it won't be live all right see you all right see you